Hi everyone and welcome to the Fill Your Bowl podcast. Each week I'm going to bring you new episodes which will inspire you to jump out of your comfort zone and ditch society's expectations of what's normal. This podcast is designed for anyone who wants to fill up their bowl in all areas of their life, whether that's physically, mentally, spiritually or emotionally. If you're finally ready to jump on the self-love train and opt out of what society expects of you, then you're in the right place. I want to bring you raw and honest conversations on mental health, relationships, navigating life in your 20s, healing your relationship with food, exercise and your body and lots more. Grab a coffee, turn the volume up and let's get started with today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and remember, what's the one thing you'll regret not doing when you're 80 years old? Now, go do it. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me on today. I'm so excited to discuss this topic and it's our second time talking together. Last time we did an Instagram live, so I'm excited to be on the podcast today. I know, we had such a good chat last time and I knew I had to reach out to you again for a podcast episode as well. And like you said, this is a really, really important topic. So today we're going to be covering eating disorder recovery and handling triggers from partners and oh my gosh I'm really glad we're talking about this because I just think there needs to be a conversation around it yeah me too I'm so excited to discuss it and this is coming from my own personal experience with it and also my professional experience with it so I'm so excited to share everything that I've learned so far why don't we start off with an introduction, let everyone know who you are and what you do and how you help people. Yeah, for sure. So I'm an intuitive eating coach. Um, I also study nutrition. So health is really important to me. um, But I really just want to help people to really feel great in their bodies and feel like their most confident selves and just be able to really trust their bodies and show up in their lives for who they are without having their food and their body holding them back from everything from like, you know, showing up and having good social events and showing up in their relationships and in their work, it really affects their whole life. So I'm just like, so excited to be on here and to be talking with you again. And I have some different programs that I'm offering, some different workshops all about intuitive eating. But in addition to intuitive eating, I love to discuss things like emotions and trauma work and mindfulness and breath work. I love incorporating all the tools into my coaching and programs. So I definitely love intuitive eating. And I also love all these other modalities because it's not only to do with the food, it's to do with our whole lives. It's not just to do with like our hunger and fullness cues. We also have to consider like our emotions and are we in alignment in our relationships? And, you know, do we have like a good purpose in life? Because all these things really affect our relationships with food and our body. It's not just like the food itself, the food itself is just like an external thing to show a relationship with ourselves on the internal. So that's what I'm really passionate about. And I can't wait to dive deeper into this topic. 
I really love that you mentioned emotions and the mind work and the breath work, because I think we can we can often see in eating disorder recovery that you've got to do the physical work, like you've got to get to a healthy weight or you've got to maybe sort out your eating patterns. So you're not binging late at night and you make sure you're eating regular meals. But we don't often see the other side where, yes, you can be a healthy weight, but your emotions are all over the place still like you still you're not there mentally and your body recovers quicker than your mind a lot of the time yeah yeah just to add one thing like one of my favorite quotes is that quote I'm sure you've heard it but it's just like you can eat all the kale in the world drink all the water in the world but if your mental health is not good then you know you're never really going to be happy so I I had that thought like for so long mm-hmm. where I thought like if I just ate perfectly, everything would be happy and jolly. But honestly, I I was eating perfectly and I was in, you know, a smaller body, but I still was never happy. So I think the mental and emotional side is so, so important. Mm, so true. And you mentioned their relationships as well and how important it is to be in alignment with your relationships. And this is something that... Um, I want to focus today's episode on. So how does disordered eating slash eating disorder affect relationships? Yeah, so I think it affects our relationships in so many ways. Um, And it really just depends on where we're at in our recovery. Um, But, you know, in terms of just like how we feel about ourselves, just in general, can really just affect our relationship on so many different levels, like sexually for sure. Um, You know, in terms of food related activities, those can be stressful. And food is like a big part of life. Like we do it every single day. So that can be really stressful. And there's so many social activities that are revolved around food. And when people have disordered eating or an eating disorder, like they might not want to eat around other people. So that can definitely be hard in terms of the relationship. Um, There's so many ways, honestly, but I think like, yeah, what I want to focus on today is just like being triggered by our partners um, because this is something that I've struggled with in the last little while. I haven't really talked about it yet, like on my Instagram, but when you brought up wanting to do a podcast, I was like, okay, I have to talk about this and talk about all the things that I've learned through my experience and you know I did get consent from my partner to discuss all this with you today um so I just want to to name that um and I think it's like so normal for relationships to have like certain hard parts and certain things that like aren't going to be perfect and it really just like makes things like forgiveness and like communicating so much more like I guess you appreciate it so much more because you can really see like the repair and the break and the repair. Um, It really makes the relationship like whole and there's so much healing that happens in relationships. Um, And for sure, like the good has to outweigh the bad um, in terms of the relationship. And I think it really just depends on where you're at in your recovery in terms of like, can you be in a relationship? Is this too triggering for you? Is this person too triggering for you? Um, but for me personally, I've been in my recovery for a couple years. So being triggered was definitely a hard thing. Um, 
but like I'm working through it and I'm definitely not in the place I was like a couple years ago where this could like totally turn me on my head back into like my full on eating disorder. So um, I think, you know, triggers can be really great teachers. And yeah, I mean, my relationship is our heterosexual relationship. So I just want to name that in terms of what I'm talking about. But I think like, you know, when we get deeper into this topic, all the tools or most of the tools can be used in in any relationship as you see fit. So yeah, I just wanted to name that as well. When you talk about triggers, what are the some of some of the things that you find or have found to be triggering for you in a relationship or just being around anyone in eating disorder recovery? Yeah, I mean, I for sure like have had this with my friends as well in the past and like family and everybody around me. It could happen with anyone, it doesn't have to be a partner, but our partners are like we spend so much time with them, so they definitely can be triggering to us. Um I think like like mainly it's like it's around habits around exercise and around food um so things that can be triggering are like having like scales in the house and you know counting macros and um it could be anything like when when we're exercising like I can be triggered um because like he's pushing harder than me and I want to like push to my hardest kind of thing um you know, just in terms of like what we're eating and all that, it's sometimes just really difficult, like Mm -hmm. having certain things like the scales, the food scales, the food picks, the body picks, um, certain words can also be triggering, like words like shredding or diet or things that people aren't even really conscious of, I feel, because like diet culture is just like all around us. Um, So yeah, these things are, can definitely be triggering um, and they definitely can cause some, some anger and some resentment and some comparison and all these types of things. Um, But they're definitely our greatest teachers as well in terms of just reflecting back to us what we really still need to heal, even though we want to like kind of blame the other person and be like, you're doing all these things and they're all bad and all this stuff and you're trying to like hurt me it's really just a mirror back in terms of what you really need to heal on the inside because really ideally in a relationship like it's two individual beings like doing really what's best for them um there definitely can be like some disordered eating and eating disorder habits in the other person as well so that's something to consider um but you know i'm mainly talking about like having just different needs and for some people like certain food choices make them feel their best and certain exercise choices make them feel their best and make them feel like sane and it's good for their mental health but for you it might not be so that's like the biggest thing that I've kind of had to accept is really just like being able to have like different food choices different exercise choices different exercise frequency um and just being able to really like accept those things and accept that like we might not always have the same thing at our meals because we just have like different goals and all that so yeah well something that popped up for me there was the trend that was going around with the his and her plates where you would see 
his plate was full of loads and loads of food and then her plate was full of not much food and I found that really triggering because I like on some days I could have eaten the his plate why is that why is that his plate and why is that her plate like why are we putting people into this box in this category of the guy needs to eat more than the than the girl like there are some days where I definitely eat more than my partner and that's okay and like you said we have different like we are two completely different human beings with two completely different goals and sometimes I feel like eating chocolate and he doesn't and it's just getting to that place where you you are going to be okay eating that chocolate when he isn't as well when not feeling like they have to be eating it with you too yeah yeah I totally agree like that whole plate thing like sometimes people eat more than their partners and that's okay like just because like one person is male one person is female like we all have different needs and those vary on a day-to-day basis and I'm like eating chocolate all the time like I have chocolate after like most meals and you know he's not as much of a sweet person so it's okay to like have different preferences and different things that we really enjoy like he loves eating pizza and like that's not one of my favorite foods so I think it's okay to just be able to have those different choices sometimes it can be hard but like we all have different like activity levels and we might have eaten like different earlier in the day I think like before I was trying like to have like the exact same amount as him but sometimes it would just be like way too much for me or maybe I would want more so we kind of just like both take what we want to have and go from there yeah absolutely agree so what do you do when you're triggered by your partner's eating and exercise habits yeah I mean the first thing I would say for sure is to offer yourself self-compassion like that's definitely the most important because it's so normal to be triggered through these things especially while you're in recovery and trying to heal you know an eating disorder disordered eating because like it's one thing to kind of like heal on your own and like to be okay and to kind of like be in somewhat of a little like box of like you know of course you're going to see like diet culture stuff around on Instagram and your friends and things like that but it's another thing to like constantly be around it and like still have to really stay within yourself so I think just being kind to yourself and also like knowing your own self-worth and knowing your own beauty and knowing you know that you're doing really what's best for you is so so important like our self-talk is definitely number one um and then you know like I said I think our triggers are our biggest teachers and really just mirror what needs to be healed within us so you know I learned this like in the beginning of my journey and sometimes it's it's really hard to accept but we really have to kind of like look within us and like ask ourselves, like, why is this triggering to me? Like, why do I feel this way from somebody who's doing this behavior that is okay for them? But like, why is it not okay for me kind of thing? And so much can come up within that. Like, this makes me feel this kind of way and all of that. But Yeah, I think in terms of the healing journey, there's going to be so many ups and downs in terms of how the healing journey is going to happen. Like this is like my favorite image is just like, and I draw it like all the time, like in the shower, just like on the mirror there, just like these waves of like ups, like, you know, you're having some really good moments some positive moments. And then there's 
some downs there. And I think like when the downs happen, like we feel like, oh my God, like I'm back to where I started, but really like we're not, we're still making progress. And my friend told me this the other day and she was like, we're so focused on these downs of like, I'm suffering so much in this way, but like, we're not looking at all of the other areas that are also like growing in our lives, like in terms of our career or things like that. And we're just like focusing so much on this one thing. So it doesn't mean that we're not making progress. And I think, you know, what you can actually do about it when you're triggered. Mm. Um, I think it depends where you're at. And I think there's like three different options. So the first one is really just to like manage your reaction to the behavior, like really just like look at yourself, look at the triggers, be okay with them, try to accept them as much as possible, try to accept that you're on one journey and what's right for you and your well-being might not be right for somebody else. Um, so that's the first option. The second option to me is like you set hard boundaries or like you can't spend time around them if like what they're doing is triggering for you. So, I mean, I think it just like really depends on where you're at in terms of your recovery. Like if you're in the beginning of your recovery and if I was in the beginning of my recovery, like I don't think I would be with somebody who was like triggering me constantly or doing these behaviors because that wouldn't really be good for my healing at that time or I would just like set hard boundaries in terms of what I can really accept and then the third option is really just like setting the boundaries be firm about them but also really doing like work internally to be self-compassionate and look within your triggers work with a therapist and try to really just learn about why the triggers are triggering you and try to accept them as much as possible and accept your differences so yeah, I think like it really just depends on your situation. But in terms of the boundaries, something that was really helpful for me was making a list of things to like, I needed to like limit my exposure to and things that I could accept because there's some things that I can't accept, such as like different food choices, different exercise choices, exercise frequency, having food pictures for like enjoyment purposes, exercising on vacation, because that's good for like his mental health, you know, having different like condiments that we use at the table. But then there's other things that I, I want to like limit my exposure to. One thing was working out together that was like extremely triggering for me. So decided like, we're just going to do our own things telling me about the workouts, food pictures, food scales, certain words that are used, things that I mentioned before. So yeah, I think like you really just kind of have to establish this for yourself in terms of like what things can I accept and there, that list might be small, it might be big um, and what things do I really just need to limit the exposure to and then it's like bringing it up to the partner and saying these are this is what's going on for me, I'm being triggered all the time and really just saying, you know, these are the things like I can accept and these are the things that I'm going to have to like set boundaries around and I sent him the list and it definitely helped like within a week or two, like things were just like so much better and I could think clearly because for me, like as an empath, like, and just like in general, like it, being triggered all the time is so like draining and it was just taking away from other areas of my life and being able to like 
show up for my friends and like for my work and everything. So I needed to set these boundaries. And I think the important thing with boundaries to remember is just that it's never going to be like absolutely perfect. Like you say, please don't talk about this thing because it's triggering to me um, right now. But like they might bring it up in conversation and it might not be like intentional because like they're just so used to talking about it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to like give them the reminders that we discussed this and this is triggering for me. So I think it's so important to keep reminding them as much as possible. Um, It's not just like a one-on-done thing, unfortunately. Uh, Yeah. And I, and I think it's just like, Then from there, like the things that you set boundaries around, then you can maybe start looking deeper within them in terms of why they're triggering to you and looking at them deeper with, you know, a professional to kind of see how you can learn to accept them more. And eventually, like to me, the goal in recovery is just to like be okay with like people doing different behaviors around me and like still Mm -hmm. like listening to my body and honoring it and not over-exercising or restricting or anything like that. And just like being okay because it's just like for some people, like this might be normal for them and you really can't like control completely the world around you without like just ending every relationship with anybody who is participating in any of these behaviors and they might be healthy for them. So it's really important just to set the boundaries when needed. Sometimes they need to be harsher. Sometimes there needs to be more of them. Sometimes there needs to be less, but um, I definitely think it's important to set the boundaries and also do the internal work if you have the capacity for that. Mm -hmm. And then also if somebody is participating in all these behaviors and just like your values are so different, like I used to have friends where our relationship was just based off of our disordered eating and eating disorder behaviors. And all we would do is participate in those behaviors and go to the gym together and do that. So once I started in my recovery, like we didn't have much left in terms of our relationship. So I think that's something to consider as well. Absolutely. And that what you just said there actually reminds me of another podcast episode I did about giving up alcohol. And it's like you have these certain friends where all you do is go out and drink together. And then as soon as you stop doing that, and you give that up, it's it's suddenly there's not really much of a friendship there. And it's okay to let things go. And I know it's hard, especially when it's become a coping mechanism for you. Like when you've got friends like that, you do kind of lean on each other a lot um but it's just recognizing when that becomes a little bit unhealthy for you and that friendship is it's just not doing you any good and it's actually sending you down a path which is more dangerous than benefiting your health and I think what you mentioned with the communication yeah everything you said there I was just like yeah yeah absolutely the communication is so so important with your partner and setting those boundaries and it's it's not intentional a lot of the time when your partner says these things they don't know like and which is why it's so important to tell them because it like you said it is so normal for them they don't know that this could be triggering for you and they don't do it intentionally so if you do set those boundaries and then they do say something like have have compassion a little bit towards them as well I know it's hard for us but they're also trying to learn if if they are actually trying I hope they are um 
but they they just don't know. So reminding them, yes, if it gets to a point, I guess, where you are constantly, constantly having to remind them and it's exhausting having to remind them, maybe that's something bigger to talk about. But I think just acknowledging that then they might not get it right straight away and you might have to just nudge them a little bit when they do say something like let them know in that moment look I would really appreciate it if you don't talk about this it it is really triggering for me and this is something I definitely have had to do in my relationship and I've I've done it wrong a lot of the time. Instead of asking nicely, can you please not talk about this? I would get frustrated, angry, and just pissed off, to be honest, and annoyed at the person, which is is me needing to heal what's going on inside me and look at myself and my triggers a little bit more deeply and why I react like that. So I think that is definitely a lesson I need to learn how to respond in a more appropriate way. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can totally relate to that. And honestly, like, my reaction a lot of the time is that is just really getting angry and like, resentful and hiding Mm -hmm. myself in the room, like something like I'm working on for sure. And just like learning to pause and breathe and focus back on myself and just remind Mm -hmm. myself all the things that I'm doing for myself. And if I did this, like, it wouldn't be good for my well-being because I'm just like that type of person who goes like all in, like that all or nothing mindset. And we've we've discussed this mm. and I think we just have different we have different goals and some of these things that he does, like it just like doesn't affect him in the same way. Like as a female, like we're just like more more emotional, you know? Yeah. It's like we we think about things more and like it's emotional to like actually have to like do these behaviors versus like a male who can just go ahead and just do them just as they are and be like okay this is fun and then like move on to the rest of their day like as a woman like I'll do something and then I'll just think about it and like have guilt and this is an overgeneralization like definitely males can feel this way as well but just my experience with being in a partnership with a male Things that would bother me so much doesn't bother him as much. It's just like, okay. And yeah, I think that's something to really consider that the difference between like, you know, men and women, there's actually this model. It's called the biopsychosocial model. It's um, really just like a combination between like our biological, psychological, and social factors. And that really helps to determine like our health and illness. It's really like the interaction between all of these things that will lead to an outcome of wellness or disease. So things like in terms of our biology could be like our genes and our psychology is like our mental health and behavior. And then there's like that social cultural aspect Mm -hmm. of it. And we think of food and we think of our bodies like there's so much of it that is like social for us and so like cultural for us and I think especially as women I was even like reading studies on this yesterday women have like more closer friendships and so they might experience more you know eating disorders and just like in general there's just like a lot more pressure on women to like be thin in our culture and to have this like self-criticism and really just like focus on our appearance and our beauty Mm -hmm. while 
males focus more on like their leadership and their success. And obviously those things are like changing now in 2022, but there's still like this underlying Mm -hmm. thing that like women have to like really focus on their experience and I mean their appearance and males don't as much. And there's just like all these cultural and social expectations of women and eating disorders are higher in women because of these things like anorexia and bulimia. There's 10 times more likely in females versus males and binge eating three times. So they definitely can happen in males as well. But I think with just like all of these cultural demands and even just like in terms of puberty in terms of like the changes that we made but we still have all these expectations like it's really it's really just like a different experience for us and one of my mentors actually told me this like she's a naturopathic doctor and she said like she tried to put some males on on diets and females on diets in her naturopathic medicine practice Mm -hmm. and like nine times 10 times out of 10 like the woman wouldn't be able to do it like this was just like in terms of like their medical health like their medical diets um but males would come back and be like yeah I followed it like no problem like I just think and like just from that experience and from like my experience with my partner like obviously this is just from my experience and a little bit from hearing from my naturopath but I do really just like believe that males are just more like biological beings and can just like do things without being affected as much as the females are in terms of that like we're just Mm. a lot more emotional and things like emotional eating like we just we have so many emotions and we don't know what to do with them and you know males also experience them for sure but females just in general are just like more emotional beings if you know what I mean is men are a lot better at hiding it and digging it deep down inside which I guess is not good because it it, it might come out eventually in a way that is more detrimental than if they would have just spoken about the little things but I think we we are just very open aren't we and we feel we we just feel everything and we want to talk about it maybe that's what it is we're we're more open to talking as well Mm -hmm. yeah I think so I think so how can you ask your partner to support you because I think this is a really hard thing because it's one thing doing the healing on your own but then it's another thing asking someone else to help support you and I know I found it really really hard to ask for that help and support um, from anybody so how can people go about asking their partner to support you and what are some of the things that your partner has done to support you that you really appreciate yeah I think it really you know it has to be a relationship where you really feel like you trust them and you really can feel safe to really bring these things up and you really feel supported around them. Um, I think it really just depends on the person in terms of what they need. I think one thing that, you know, people might appreciate the other person to do would be just like learning about eating disorders and understanding them because a lot of people just don't understand them, don't understand what they mean. And it's kind of just like, what do you mean? Like eating is such a big deal for you or like eating less or like exercising, like, you know, 
it might just be like to them just like very like biological like they can just do it so I think it's really important for them to have that education around eating disorders so whether that's like through podcasts or books or anything like that like even if they wanted to see like their own professional if that would help them like to support you more I think that could be one thing um I think another thing that's like helped me I mean is just like you know we're not going to be discussing the weight shape food diets like in front of each other kind of thing like this is just not something that we talk about like you know he can talk about it with his friends and for people who really want to talk about those things and who want to talk about going to the gym but like we need to kind of try to find some other things to to talk about like or you know go on dates or find some other common interests because um I was just finding like a lot of our relationship was kind of revolved around you know food and exercise um and we definitely both like love both of those things but it was coming from this obsessive place so you know bringing up that like okay you know I don't want to discuss these things as much setting those boundaries um you know they can help you to stick to regular eating if that's what you need them for um you know they can simply just be like a safe space to talk about what you're feeling all the time kind of around food and just help you process. And I find just talking about things make it makes it so much easier, like, and, you know, having some like, opinion or just talking it out definitely is really, really helpful. Um, And sometimes you might need advice. And sometimes you might just need someone to listen. And Yeah, I think another big thing is just like avoid making comments about your appearance because I find like especially with people who have some body image issues, like this can definitely be triggering because it's kind of like reinforcing this behavior of just like, you know, what you're doing is great. And then that can also be triggering people to like want to do more. Like it's not enough. I actually heard this um, Instagram live the other day and somebody was talking about how like somebody made a comment to her at the gym and they said like she had a nine out of ten body and then this triggered her like for like so many years because she's like why don't I have a 10 out of 10 body like I'm in a 10 out of 10 body so Mm. that's how these you know these little comments can can really make a big influence on people and like you know, want them to like kind of have more and more of that kind of body. And even though it can come from a good place, it it might be triggering for some people. Um, So focusing, asking them to focus on more things like, you know, that are not to do with your appearance, like what they're proud of you for, you know, what factors or traits they love within you, um, things that they appreciate you for, all that kind of stuff like that comes so much better than like hearing comments about you know my appearance um Mm -hmm. so yeah I think those are those are some things I think it really just depends on where you're at in your recovery and kind of what you need and it's really just personal um in terms of what you really need but I think it's just good to be open in terms of how they can support you because like we don't have to go through this alone and it's important to get some some support from our loved ones especially if we're around them a lot of the time and I think it's you you mentioned this earlier about 
partners being like a mirror for you and your triggers and like you wouldn't want to be in a relationship like right at the start of your healing journey just because that would have been way too triggering and I just wanted to say here like I think you can do a lot of like you you can do a lot of healing on your own you can get to a really really good place on your own but eventually you're gonna have to step out into I quote like the real world as well when I definitely experienced this like during COVID I did a lot of self-healing I spent like a year just completely working on this relationship with myself my body my um, food and everything and I think you can only do so much on your own and then you do kind of need these people in your life who maybe are going to trigger you just because it shows you it, it puts a spotlight on those areas that need a little bit more work and I don't think there's anything wrong with that sometimes sometimes it's kind of it it, over the long term can be actually be a good thing because it just means that you've just got a little bit more work to do and that's fine like that's okay you're still going forward you're still on this journey and it's okay to still have some work to do does I think we can often put a lot of pressure on ourselves to we have to be alone we can't kind of be in a relationship until we're fully healed and I think you can get to a really really good place but you do kind of need someone sometimes who is going to highlight those triggers to you and like family do it as well just being around your family going to work um if you have an office job going to work diet talk is you're surrounded by it when you work in an office um so it is important to like get yourself out there as well in recovery, I think, just so you can see where th- those holes are, where you do still need to work on the on the healing in, in those areas of your life. But it's just be- being in that place where you can cope with those triggers a lot better than what you could have done at the start of your recovery journey. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with everything that you're saying. And I agree like these lessons are just going to keep coming up and these triggers are going to keep coming up until they're healed. So I think, you know, if they are coming up in a relationship where you feel safe and comfortable, then, you know, I think it's great to, you know, focus on them with somebody who you really trust and who can you really talk to and be open with. Because I think like comparing that with like your work, it might be a little bit harder. I mean not for everybody but it might be harder in terms of being able to like be open and talk about this because like you want to you know show up at your work professionally and all that kind of stuff but yeah yeah. I mean I say that and there's absolutely zero way I would in the office tell I don't know Karen to stop talking about her diet who I've like just met after a week um yeah I mean boundaries can definitely be set around that um we don't have to like just listen to them all the time but sometimes yeah sometimes it's more difficult for sure walk away change the topic yeah I think uh, something that I I've done with my boyfriend as well is to just avoid comments on my body you mentioned this and just we don't talk about my appearance and if you want to compliment me you compliment something else that 
I like a something about my mind, so a, something about the way I do something, something that it has nothing to do with my appearance. And that has definitely helped me so much because in my recovery journey, I wanted to just take completely take the focus away from my body. Like I am just now very neutral towards my body. It is what it is. Obviously, I still have those negative body image days from time to time, but I definitely cope with them in a lot of healthy, uh, in much healthier ways now. Um, but it's just breaking the tie between your body and your self-worth because you you have so much self-worth and none of it is tied to what your body looks like, looks like and what shape your body is and I, actually when you were speaking there something came up for me which was a trigger that I had so when when I would be eating chocolate or something I don't know my my boyfriend once he came up to he did this a few times and I had to really um set the boundaries there <laughs> and he would just come up to me and be like oh nom 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 and I like I went mental I like just flipped out because to me that was him saying you're greedy doing that noise I literally just heard you're greedy why are you eating that you shouldn't be eating that like that's gonna make you fat like yeah and like I was doing something wrong and bad and I I just felt like my blood boiling and I that was like one of the moments where I I got mad and I couldn't kind of cope with my emotions in that moment so I now know that that is a trigger for me but I wouldn't have known I guess unless he had done that because that took someone else doing that to me for me to recognize that but I kind of set those boundaries I told him how it made me feel and he doesn't do it anymore which is I guess why communication is so so important that's great it's great that you were able to realize that and to set those boundaries and there's definitely that like that negative eating disorder voice like they can do some sort of action or some sort of behavior and it just like makes you think all these thoughts but they might not actually be saying them so then that that's really like this is like not it's not their voice like it might be their actions but it's not their Mm. voice it's really like this you know other voice that is you know within you with this you know this Mm. eating disorder voice yeah and it may be irrational it may be rational and it's just going with it and just being really open and honest with yourself and the other person as well um so when I guess you're in a relationship you are two completely different people and you're coming together and trying to figure out life when you both have been brought up so differently you've got completely different genetics and it's, it can be hard sometimes coming together and agreeing on everything as well. So how do you honor each other's differences and goals? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you know, I think like, first of all, just like acknowledging that you're really on different journeys. Like my partner is a personal trainer and also a physiotherapist. So like fitness and everything is so important, like for his career. And like, he absolutely loves it. Like it keeps him sane. Um, you know, but for Mm. me, like I'm an intuitive eating coach and like health is really important to me, but my main goals are really just like to maintain my health and also to really like have really good as the best as I can, like mental health. Um, you know, so when I'm going to move my body, like I don't really care to like lift a hundred pounds or 200 pounds, or I don't care to like do pull-ups. I just really just want to feel like mentally good. Like 
if that's like 20 minutes of yoga, like great. If that's like a 20 minute walk, great. If that's like, you know, 20 minutes of jogging, great. But I don't really have like the same goals. So as he does, like for him, he loves doing Mm -hmm. these muscle up like gymnastic things. And he really has to work hard to get there and like be consistent at the gym. And there's more discipline involved versus, you know, like for me, it's just like, I just want to be healthy and what healthy for me looks different on every single day. And like, I'm so okay with taking rest days because, you know, I just want to like feel my best and it doesn't really matter to me to be lifting all this weight or anything like that or doing gymnastics. So I think it's really important to, you know, appreciate that we're kind of like on these different journeys. And one thing that, you know, bothered me was like on vacation, he would want to like exercise and work out. And I was like, oh my God, like, can't you just like take a break? But, you know, we've talked about this and it's just like for different Mm. reasons, like it just keeps him sane, like, First of all, he loves it and like, you know, he has these goals and he wants to, he wants to get there. Mm. So, you know, I totally can, can appreciate that. And I can totally know for me, like on vacation, like I, I might go to the gym, but like, I like to just like experiencing what I'm experiencing, spending time with other people, um, you know, exploring, doing all that. And then, you know, I'll get back to working out when I'm home or I'll do some stretching or whatever feels good in my body. But like, I don't have the same routine as I do when I'm on vacation versus at home. Um, Yeah. And I think in terms of the differences as well, like what's really important to mention is that like everybody has their own body autonomy and, you know, like as an intuitive eating coach, like I'm not against like weight loss, like, or anything like that. Like if, if somebody really wants to do that for themselves and for their body, like I don't want to be like, you're bad for doing that or you can't do that or that is wrong because like for them, it might, it might be right for them. You know, it might be okay for them. It might not affect them the same way mentally and emotionally as it would for me. And everybody can do what, what they want with their bodies. Um, And I think like, you know, hating on them or like resenting them, like just makes it worse for me, doesn't really change the situation much. So I think it's really just important to remember Mm -hmm. that like everybody has their own body autonomy, they can do what they want with it. And ultimately, like if somebody develops an eating disorder, disordered eating, like, they're going to be the one struggling with that. Like, of course, like, for me, like, I don't want my loved one to experience what I experience, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm not going to be the one experiencing it. So I can't, you know, tell them what to do. You can't try to change other people because yeah. they're just going to like resent you even more. So I think it's important to, to accept that they have their own body autonomy yeah. and, you know, there might be some behaviors that are unhealthy and, that can be pointed out on a case by case basis, but it might be healthy for them and just like not healthy for you, which is what I realized. And I think talking about this, like again, like having that Mm -hmm. communication around why they're doing what they're doing is so, so important because like once I really just like understood his goals, why he wanted his goals, like 
I was like, okay, I get it. Like, it's not something I would do, but like, I get why, why he would want that and totally can like respect it. And that also just helps me a little bit more with the triggers because it's like, okay, like he's doing this because he actually wants to be an athlete and get these goals as a muscle up versus like, I don't have these goals, like at least right now and doesn't really matter to me. Um, So like, I don't have to go as extreme as he is kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It it completely comes back to, again, like you are completely different people. You're going to have different goals. And in order to make it work and be in a relationship together, you have to respect that you, that you do both have your own autonomy to do what you want, as well as the things that you do together. And one one thing you mentioned was um, rest days. So it was so important for me in my journey to get to a place where I would be okay if my partner was working out and I wasn't one day because I that was something that used to really really trigger me if I saw someone on Instagram working out or just someone in my real life like a friend my partner just saying oh I'm going to the gym now and I wasn't maybe because I was working like I had other priorities in that moment in time I would be so triggered and instantly I would think I need to go I need to go to the gym and I would drop my other priority in order to go to the gym and that for me was extremely unhealthy because the other priority was something that I loved it was something that I wanted to do but the gym just always took first place always and I didn't want that anymore I wanted that to come second or third and I'm not saying it's not important to go to the gym of course it is it's so important to work out but when you get to that point where it's actually more detrimental to your health than beneficial, that's when there's an issue. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So I relate to that and I understand totally where you're coming from. And it's really just that, you know, like, do you want this to be number one? Like for someone else, like it might be number one or they might have like less things on their plate right now, but like there's so many other aspects of our health and of our life in terms of our career and our social life and, you know, other commitments that we want to have and fun and pleasure. And sometimes like going to the gym can take away from those things. And also rest is just like so important in terms of just being able to take that rest for ourselves and our bodies need it and our minds need it. And it's totally okay to take rest days as well. Yeah. Giving yourself that permission like it is okay and nothing's going to happen your body's not going to drastically change overnight I think that was one of the fears that I had that if I if I don't work out today that's it like I'm going to put on weight and that was something that I really had to deal with because if I did put on weight what's so bad about that why why is that such a negative thing and that was something I really had to ask myself and dive deep into like my conditioned beliefs around weight gain Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something like, we need to accept that like our bodies just will fluctuate within like the seasons and within like our lives. And, you know, we can't really expect that our body's just going to be the same way as it was when we were like 18 to like when we're 30 to when we're 40, like after having kids, if you have kids, like, it's not going to be the same body. So we need to be able to like, except that our bodies are just going to fluctuate or just going to change and doesn't mean it's an unhealthy body. It's just like the body that we're in right now. Absolutely. 
I think that's an amazing note to end it on as well. I really appreciate this chat. It's been absolutely amazing. A little bit of therapy for me as well. So <laughs> it's been great. So where can people find you if someone wants to connect with you? Just reach out, maybe talk a little bit more about their relationship or your relationship with everything that's happened and just need someone that can understand or they want to work with you. Where can people find you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so my Instagram is lindsay.fine. Um, they can also send me an email, lindsay at lindsayfine.com if they have any questions or any feedback from this episode as well, or if they want to work with me. You can also send me a DM on Instagram. Um, I also have my website, lindsayfine.com, with just one of my offers called the Reconnection Program, which is a one-on-one -on -one program with me that is just to really have a healthy relationship with food, body, and yourself and really be able to reconnect with yourself again. So yeah, you can check mm -hmm. out all the details there. I love this conversation. I am so happy that we were able to talk about this together. And for me, like, I think truly, and since the beginning, like what really motivated me to want to heal and be in recovery is like, I want to help other people. So I learned all these tools through the last couple months and I really am so happy that I was able to pass them on to some people who might benefit from them as well because that's I am doing the work for myself for sure but I also want to have a ripple effect on the rest of the world and so many people struggle with eating disorders and disordered eating in silence and I did for so many years as well and didn't go to therapy or anything like that and just really hit it from everybody so I think like it's so important to you know share this message and in any way I, I really just want to help people who are in the position that I was in to really show them that recovery is possible and having a healthy relationship with food and your body while still being healthy and happy and all these things yeah. is definitely possible so Thank you so much for having me on today. This is such a great conversation and you're such a great host. Thank you. I mean, you've shared some amazing information here and I'm sure this podcast episode is going to help so, so many people and I can't wait to listen to it back. <laughs> so thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day.